And now it's time for Circle Three, the podcast where we give it our all and you never give us any change. It's Brandon, Chris, and Paul right now. Yo, yo. It is Brandon, Chris, and Paul. What is up? What is up? What is up? I decided not to use, you know, what's today. What is? I'm just feeling super formal. It's an informal show. I had to add a bit of formality. It's Circle Three. It's Brandon. It's Chris. It's Paul Blair. And uh, we are here on our first Wednesday night for Circle Three. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, my man. We're uh, fully vaccinated. I'm not pro or anti. Just pumped about it. And uh, yeah, I just want to say I know today's a holiday. I know a lot of people are celebrating, hopefully safely and responsibly, but I just want to wish everyone a happy World Maths Day. Quick Maths. World Maths Day? Two plus yeah, two is four. Quick Maths. <laughs> yep. It is a, un, under a category of holiday, it's for a cause. So, yeah. I think it's oh, other some Cinco de Mayo thing too, but. Cinco de Wado. Yeah, there's a lot of Cinco de Mayo. There's a lot of numbers there too. So I mean, without Maths Day, I mean, would we even say that tomorrow? (laughs) We've got a great night planned tonight, guys. As always, Brandon, Chris, and Paul here to attempt to entertain you for the next while. And uh, our next guest needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyways. Gentlemen, I've got to know quite well over the past year, uh, just someone who is a friend to so many on the Discraft Macbeth and Pierce Collectors page, uh, a friend to so many in the disc golf scene across the United States of America, and uh, a friend to the three of us introducing our guest for the evening, Storytime Jim, Mr. James White. What's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? Golf clap for Jim. Golf clap for Jim. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for. It's always advice. good to have you, Uncle Jim. Uh, so, James, how have you been, sir? I've been good. I've been real good. I'm um, work, I'm a nurse here in Columbus, Ohio. Busy uh, getting past the COVID times, and uh, been more busy trying to get on the course and play and. Already had a tournament and ready for some more. Excellent. You know, my friend Greg Fokker is a nurse too. How long have you been nursing, doing uh, being a nurse? You know, nursing for me was a second career. I used to be a, a chef and a restaurant manager. I was in the restaurant business as my first career. And I didn't get into nursing. I didn't go to nursing school until I was 30. And uh, four years of that. So I, I think I've been uh, a nurse now for about... 14, 15 years. Nice. Well, since it's uh, National Maths Day, I could quickly uh, calculate you've probably saved at least 12,000 lives in that time or impacted them in a positive just, way. Just last week, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. And Karns, just uh, in reference to your uh, question about Greg Fokker, I, I'm wondering, I've got I've got nipples. Can, can you milk me? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll meet you in Windsor, bro. I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> 
I don't know if anyone caught that meet the parents reference there, but Kurtz dropped that in super smooth, super, yeah. super smooth. <laughs> yep. Uh, P.S. FYI, some of you may be concerned that I'm not rocking my usual champ fuel. I've got this little mug, but a good friend of mine, Brian Frowley, um, Papa Wolf, we were uh, working a tournament together this weekend and he gave me a pack of his custom birdie fuel Ooh, for Wolfpack discs. It which is oh. called wolf wolf juice so i'm uh i'm digging it that's a it wicked segue to kerns to shout out our sponsors our sponsors of the podcast wolfpack discs uh shout out to brian frawley wolfpack discs uh did that tournament run last weekend this weekend that just passed chris was that the tournament you were helping out with yeah so yeah we'll it was just this past weekend We'll yeah. talk a little bit about that in our in, in one of our segments today. And a huge shout out to them. And then to our second sponsor, Sweet Spot Disc Golf. Mm -hmm. uh, the sweetest mm -hmm. spot in the land. Uh, head to Wolfpack Discs and Sweet Spot Disc Golf. Check them out. Give them your support. And uh, I think to start today, we're going to talk a little bit about some disc golf that uh, happened this weekend. We uh, had the pleasure of talking about the first round on Thursday night last week when we were having a little casual outside the circle, but the Dynamic Discs Open uh, has officially finished. Uh, the winner was Rauta. He shot, oh, sorry, that was the virtual Dynamic Discs Open. I had a great time hosting the virtual DDO too, guys. We That, that video has almost 10,000 views on YouTube right now. Holy from crap. the virtual DDO last week on Wednesday, we had a thousand live viewers and uh, uh, it was pretty cool. Had a great time with that. But let's let's talk about the real thing. And I actually got an overlay screen that when we said we were going to do this, I prepared about six seconds ago. So hopefully this works. There we go. <laughs> there's all of us. And there's that nice. handy U-Disc scoreboard for the Dynamic Discs Open. And uh, we look at our top four here and... Uh, I think the most surprising thing for me here in this top four, without talking about Paul's win first, is, is going to be talking about that Calvin Heimberg let Chris Dickerson make that comeback. After the front nine, I thought Calvin was just juiced mm -hmm. out there. And uh, OB is not part of Calvin's game the way he went OB. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know what it was. How do you guys feel about that? <laughs> For me, Calvin doesn't seem like a guy that nerves would get to him. I mean, he's one of the most even-keeled guys out there on a regular basis. I mean, it could be a circle three putt to an insane park job, an eagle. I mean, he's he's never high or low. It's like always the same face. Like, it's almost comical. So, I don't know what happened there. I just know it was kind of a dream final card. I mean, you had... Paul, Ricky, Eagle, and Calvin, like all the, you know, quote unquote, 1050 boys. And what a, I had a blast watching that round. I actually went and rewatched it. Just, you know, Paul got off to an insane start. Then Calvin comes in hot right in the middle of the round. And then, you know, next thing you know, Paul's up by six strokes. It, it was insane. It was a roller coaster. Speaking of, Sexy Pauls, Paul Blair. Mm. <laughs> How did you feel about the That's uh, an awkward segue? No, it was an incredible segue. How did you feel about the final <laughs> round coverage, man? 
Uh, I honestly uh, <clears throat> missed it. This is where a more professional podcast host would tell you all the things that he'd read about it, but I, I missed the entire final round. Um, so I've been a little bit quiet here, basking in the glory of the numbers on National Maths Day. Um, <laughs> I, I've read some some articles on it, some write-ups on it, but in the end, you know, I just, uh, something got in the way. What do they call that? Real life? Uh, at any rate. Well, integrity looks, takes looks precedent here, so. Well, yeah, I mean, respect that, Paul. We talk about the elite, right, guys? And no snub to Ben Calloway, Drew Gibson, Gavin Rathbun, Presnell, Hammies, Yuli, Zachariah Johnson, who was hanging up there the entire tournament. Like, no snub to those guys. But five-stroke difference between our top four and fifth place and down. Like, James White, that's, that's a gap that kind of defines elite, isn't it? It is. Um, you, you know, going back to your last point originally, I, I think one of the things I noticed when I was looking over the stats, I didn't notice, uh, you know, I don't know how this breaks down for Calvin's, how many were, were in his last round, but Calvin and Ricky had, even in the top 10, I think they had the most OB strokes, uh, the most OBs with 12 each for the tournament. And uh, I think Paul and Eagle were uh, maybe like six or seven. And, uh, you know, there it is right there. So Ricky had six OB strokes in his final round. Okay. Well, then he um, had six six in the first three uh, leading up to that. Then, and so. Calvin, seven OB strokes in his final wow. round. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty interesting uh, and atypical of those guys. It was all neck and neck until that final round. I don't think Calvin had a bogey till the third round. He had one. You know, um, I felt like there was a, oh, if you remember um, the, the third round where it was the shot over the water. It was the island hole. And Paul skipped one off the water onto the island. Do you remember that, Chris? Yeah. And yeah, he did it a couple then he times. Then he hit that putt from from the back wall. I don't know if he hit, uh, maybe that was the putt from the back wall was a different. But that hole the way he did. And then Ricky threw sort of a flex shot um, with a maroon bird. But that was an OB that I felt like set the stage. It just, it just felt like Ricky kind of uh, had a chance to go in in the lead or at least tied with those other three guys. And then he was one stroke off, and that seemed to kind of set the stage. Yeah. It's third round. My favorite shot of the tournament, though, was Ricky throwing in that oh, putt yeah. from the drop zone. The drop I'd... zone putt was amazing. Ricky yeah. putt. Ricky Putt written on, written on my sheet here. It was, and the, <laughs> yeah, I think the coolest the coolest yeah. thing about that hole was that all four of them missed the island. Like every single one of them had to lay up from that drop zone. And Paul did this. Paul did a pure layup. Eagle kind of like half ran it. Calvin just did what Calvin does with a putter. And Rick, there was just no doubt. He just stood there and he threw it. He did not putt. Just his typical straight from the top of the chest, super smooth. And 
the joy. That was that was the coolest moment of the weekend. Uh, and I got to give a huge shout out to Jomez Pro. Our good friend Will Sherrill uh, mentioned it in the Discraft All Day group. But uh, the production of that front nine final round. Um, if you guys haven't watched it, watch it. Bring some tissues. Uh, and listen to what disc golf is all about for five minutes, guys. Listen to this community mm-hmm. come together yeah. uh, and give their love to Rick. And, and and really, that's what it's all about in times when we're fighting about who claimed what disc for what price and in times <laughs> when we're fighting about how fast people are flipping things and we can't get colors we want from the Ledgestone drop, which in perspective to real life and real disc golf all seems petty as shit. So, uh, and I complain about it all the time. It actually is. uh, It is, right? So it's, it's, remember that guys, uh, when, when you're collecting, you're collecting discs from a sport that is just so much more than plastic and so much more than Frisbees and so much more than throwing. It's the community. It's why we all got into this. I don't know about you guys, but it's why I love disc golf and it's why I've continued to stick with disc golf and keep playing because the community is everything. So absolutely. I mean, the best thing to collect in this sport is friends. Star shooting in the sky. Rainbow. (laughs) The only special effects. The reason I have social media is because of disc golf. And it's not just so I can find gross tour series Lunas. It's, uh, you know, my favorite thing is like on the Discraft Macbeth and in Pierce collector group. You know, we'll have like giveaway only days or people surprise, you know, other people with with like their dream disc and or we do fundraisers. I mean, that's when we're at our best. And that's, yeah, I mean, the that's plastic is nice, but it, you can't, really let it, you can't really let it get in the way. So. <laughs> for for everyone listening at home in our podcast version <laughs> on Apple Music and Spotify, uh, we got some disgusting tour series lunas. 996 fierces 2021 tour series lunas oh man these are just oh ghost stamp lunas we don't we hardly even know kearns has got some green in his fingers obviously because uh (laughs) i love that luna kearns that looks so nice uh yeah so speaking of ddo let's switch over to the fpo Uh, and this was an fpo field Without Paige Pierce this week, who uh, mm-hmm. is hanging out in Hawaii doing her thing. And uh, shout out to Paige Pierce. If you guys don't sponsor Paige on Patreon, join her Patreon. Your $5 a month could turn into a $100 gift card that your boy won this month from the Paige Pierce giveaway. Giving myself the little shout nice. out. I was super stoked. I woke up the other morning and uh, I just had the worst headache. And obviously the first thing I did to cure a headache is go on my phone. Um, <laughs> and I realized I won that giveaway and I was like, yes, this is so awesome. And she literally said in the message she sent me, she's like, congrats, here's a hundred dollar gift card. There's nothing to buy on the website. I'd probably wait two weeks to use it. Love page. Ooh, drop hints, <laughs> drop alert, drop alert Ooh. guys. Couple weeks, check out pagepierce.com. There will be a restock. Uh, I think I'm going to buy, I don't think I'm going to wait. There's a really nice new era page pierce. Uh, logo stamp, like small stamp hoodie with the Discraft stamp on the back. Uh, these new era hoodies are the best. The quality of them is so good. I know, Kearns, you have them for your underground hoodies, I think. 
They yeah. are uh, absolutely dynamite. So if you guys are buying Discraft apparel, make sure you check out what brand they are. Uh, and the worst part is, if you like Paul Macbeth, his apparel sucks. Like Paul Macbeth, use New Era, use the use the better stuff. Discraft for the Macbeth apparel. We want high opinion, quality may or may sweaters. Not Circle three as a whole. <laughs> we want high quality sweaters, ladies and gentlemen. We do, but we still would like you to come on the show. <laughs> hey, I can't. Uh, con- I I have some of the Macbeth hats and the beanies. I like those. I haven't bought the any of the sweaters great. yet, though. So, anyways, and just another to reiterate. Uh, one more plea from those of us with uh, well, the same size head we've had our entire lives. Please, <laughs> if you're involved in the production of disc golf uh anything memorabilia anything where you have a wholesale account and you want to say order some hats please order something large like size eight maybe would be great give me something eight is great national mass day is great paul like that i've been over the years with these hats um i have a gigantic head and um i had to not have a flat brim just so i could fit and show you how many holes are holding this thing together for me? <laughs> two snaps like two. is not enough. Two snaps. It's tight. It's tight with two because I have too much pride for one. When I was uh, when I was on my my first t-ball team, at age like six, uh, the hats they gave us were you know the one size fits all. Because back in the eighties, that's what we said. It wasn't one size fits <laughs> most. It was one size fits all. If it didn't fit you, you suck. And let me tell you. Uh, I could get mine on, but it was it was only by fastening that very last, that single last snap. And it, for those of you that haven't had this experience, which is probably everyone who's currently turning off the podcast, what that means is that becomes, <laughs> because it no longer is a row of attachment points, it becomes a hinge. You just have that mm-hmm. single point and it, and it bends upon it. It's not comfortable. It doesn't stay on. It just highlights that you have a gigantic melon and all your friends don't. I'm surprised so, they haven't made like an extension that goes right over those. Well, I mean, if they won't even make larger hats, why are they going to make special things for us? But, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. It reminds we'll reiterate, me, reminds me of the Leftorium. XL, XSL does work. You Instead of just one. left-handed stores, they need big-headed stores. A store called Big Head, mm-hmm. and then people would just be offended that they made a store for people with big heads. Why are you singling me out? Just because I have you a big head. you suggesting I go to the Mensa gift shop? I haven't tried that. <laughs> oh! FPO guys, we got a little off topic there, but it doesn't matter. We're just Katrina Allen. We're going to talk Katrina Allen for a second because she apparently is a big fan of Calvin Heimberg. Uh, I don't know if this was a consolation effort trying to just duplicate him hole for hole, but <laughs> she had the same end game he did, and uh, it's it's interesting being a Katrina Allen fan. Uh, and and again, also I'm a Bengals fan, so this is very similar. The Bengals tend to win. And yeah, I'm bringing up NFL two episodes in a row. Deal with it. Um, the Bengals tend to win the first three quarters, you know, and watching Katrina Allen lose to Haley King again in just the last couple holes. I feel for you, Cap. And Haley didn't really have to do anything then other than just keep consistent. I mean, she had two birdies in the last nine holes. She was even in the first nine holes with two birdies and two bogeys. It was pretty standard golf. Uh, I don't want to discredit her. She played great, consistent golf at a tough course on a pretty windy day in that final round. So, like, shout out to Haley King. Huge shout out to Discraft. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Heather Young. Heather Young had amazing second last round. And then Macy Walker, eagling 17. 
Uh, and Macy Walker, yeah. if you don't know who Macy Walker is, definite up-and-coming Dynamic Discs slayer. Uh, this is three yeah. tournaments in a row. She's been on some lead cards. She's finished in the top six. Um, so when you were expecting to see the likes of Valerie and Alexis Mandahano up in the top, and, I mean, Kona was up there in fifth, and but we're seeing some unlikely young ladies uh, really, really representing the sport coming up and kicking some ass. Yeah, if you see Macy Walker, it, it, it's worth, if you didn't watch the women's coverage, it's worth going back, watch the final nine for that. Um, she uh, crushes that disc, uh, forehand and backhand. And um, it's impressive. And um, just what she had to do to, to tie for third there at the end was totally worth it. Um, it was good. Guys. Yeah, I, th I think she's got the potential, kind of like Haley as well as maybe that next wave of FPO player that has a great backhand, has a great forehand, like great diversity in shots they can execute at a high level. I think she's going to be an exciting player to watch for a long time. But I I will say I miss having the, the three-headed dragon of European ladies. Oh absolutely so of Yo. those three let's if if, if y'all don't know who those three european ladies are we're not going to say all their names back to back right now but i think so the three of them do we three of them any day against each other who are you taking i think my money hands down any day is on Kristen tatar i'm gonna go henna yeah that, i know that's my pick there's three choices and there's, you know, three. I'm hosts, going so. Evelina. I'm going Evelina. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Paul. I'm Paul. sorry I cut you off there, Paul. No, now Paul is <laughs> the hard perfect. job. Now Paul is the hard job. No, I have the easy job. <laughs> I was going to say, Brandon, I agree with you. I think Tatar is my pick. And um, now nah, I'm not even going to go there for that joke. But the bottom line is, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think she's the purest candidate for that win. I think when it comes to Kristen Tatar, what she can do with a fairway driver consistently under any pressure. I think the way she throws the Saint Pro is maybe the smoothest I've seen any person <laughs> throw any disc. She can carve such crazy lines and she can do it under immense pressure. And I think what she has that those other two ladies don't quite have too is a little bit more refined putting technique which I think at the end of the day really matters a whole hell of a lot. Evelina has insane distance that can rival Paige. And I think if she had a little bit more refinement on that short game, but what bugs me about Evelina's game is she gets within 120 feet of the basket and then she does these weird forehand approach shots that aren't really forehand approach shots and runs them 30, 35 feet past the basket and then leaves herself a circle to putt and... I think she's so young, right? I think that's the other advantage Kristen Tatar has is its experience. Not that she's not young, um, but she's got those extra, I don't know, I'm gonna guess at least five, six years on, on those ladies where she's learned how to not go all out all the time, which is what I think Hannah does and why I didn't pick her Kearns because she's a badass, but if starts, stuff starts to fall apart, she doesn't know how to take her foot off the gas and regroup. 
Uh, so that's my my analysis of those three. Yeah, it's important to be able to tell the difference between your opponent's throat and the gas pedal and when to let off each of them. <laughs> um, no, you guys are wrong. I'm right, but whatever. That's <laughs> strong, my analysis. Strong rebuttal, Chris. Very, well, very Well, okay, let's rebuttal. talk signature discs. Who's got the better signature disc? Because that's also Tatar. I'm just saying. Your face. Yeah, that uh, that salon and destroyer with the swan on it was pretty weak. I won't lie, but I mean that's the definition of Innovis Tour Series. So, pretty weak. We're, we're gonna uh, <laughs> when they can come back to the U.S. and battle, we're gonna make some bets. Are we? Yeah. Are we? Okay. I like it. Yep. I like it. Well, we got another tournament coming up this weekend, and. Uh, I've heard so many different pros talking about it in interviews and little clips and people shouting it out on Instagram. Uh, but all I hear people saying about this course for the OTB Open is what a beast it is. B-E-A-S-T. No, not the one in Europe. Uh, it is going to be long. It is going to be tight. And it is going to be tough. And I know Danny and the crew have been working there asses off so even though they're not a continuing sponsor of the uh podcast we've got nothing but the highest regard and love for the folks at otb so huge shout out to danny corbett huge shout out to the guys at otb and uh this is going to be a fun tournament to watch so predictions folks mpo fpo dark horse from either from each of us Who's going to take it home for the men? Who's going to take it home for the ladies? And who's that dark horse uh, from either division that's going to finish up near the top? So uh, let's start with Mr. Chris Kearns. Oh, put me on the spot right out of the gate. I want to know is, so the beast, I haven't seen, what's that main course that they're using? I haven't seen it yet. Is it a new, totally new layout? Well, let's just quick shout out to OTB's production crew for this. They're actually posting whole previews for both MPO and FPO on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> so if you follow OTB discs on YouTube, great, you're cool. How'd you miss that? And if you don't, you should, because then you get to see cool things like this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's hard for me not to pick Paul. I mean, I almost feel like the oh, beast is back the way he just played. Um, especially some of those big putts he was banging. So, I mean, I'm going to go for, for MPO. I got to go with Macbeth. My dark horse over there would be um oh what's the the guy's name that we were talking about last week? He was in the uh lead for quite a bit there, first few rounds. Um discraft player. Ben Calloway? Yeah, he might be I don't know, he's I'm gonna say he's my dark horse, even though he's been crushing it. I That's I a think fair he dark could horse. absolutely I think he could show up and and win and I think these this year's been good experience for him on the big stage, so then uh, on FPO, man, is Paige going to be playing? I'm Let's... so uninformed. Yes, the OTB Open does mark the triumphant return of Paige Pierce to professional disc golf in this part of the season after a break in Hawaii. Yeah. More later, in the news, actually. That's the only thing I had to say about it. <laughs> She's been kind of struggling a little bit. I think this week is maybe this is after... You know, being out in Hawaii and coming back, maybe I'm going to predict she's kind of refound her center. Maybe she was feeling some pressure about the thousand rating, and it's time to show up and just get fierce out there. And then, uh, Dark Horse for the ladies, man, that's a tough one. 
I'm going with Kona. I don't know. If it, see, it's hard to pick a dark horse, but. And that's all the time we had for that segment, folks. Oh, yeah, I know. I I was so <laughs> thrilling hey, that's there. My line. I'm gonna drink some wolf juice. J- James White, let's hear your picks now that you've had three hours to uh, think about them. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's time for Eagle to step up. Fly Eagle, fly. Uh, he looked great. He looked great. If it is a beast, like you say, well, and, and I don't I don't want to stick with the brand here, but. This is Simon's first tournament back, wouldn't it be? Yeah. And I think if you watch him uh, play Paul's course with him, it, it's almost like that. that's the first time he ever realized he could and score and do well. And like his, his eyes were opened. You know, remember that video where they were, he was throwing Paul's lines and Paul was throwing his. Yep. Was that at Paul's course or that was at the other, wherever that was. It was almost like Simon was like, what? I can't believe it can be like this. So who knows? <laughs> That'd be a fun dark horse, wouldn't it? That'd be After awesome. After an elbow injury. Yeah, what a story. I oh. think, uh, oh yeah, FPO. Haley with the repeat. Love it. And let's uh, dark horse Macy. Walker. There you go. I mean, she's been playing great. And she's getting a real taste of that camera. Getting used to it. Before we get to Mr. Paul Blair and uh, leading us into our first break, my four very quick. Paul Macbeth, the absolute back-to-back winner, back-to-back weeks in tournaments. He's got the distance. He's got the precision. He's got the drive right now. And, uh, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and I'm going to say that right now. There you go, James. I told you you could swear. He does not care. He this, To make that statement after what Ricky was going through last week, and I know it wasn't intentional in that sense about that I'm not here to make friends, but just like that's a statement. And like he is there to kick ass, and I think he's kind of clued into that again. Dark Horse, Kyle Klein. Uh, Kyle's been working his butt off. I think he's had a little bit of a tough go i know he wasn't feeling well a couple tournaments ago so uh, he's just been throwing and throwing i think he can slay this course uh he's definitely got the distance uh he's got that nasty forehand he can get some sneaky skips so kyle klein uh fpo uh, i'm gonna give Haley a back-to-back too i think she's smelling blood right now i think Paige has got to get refocused i don't know what's going on with Paige. Uh, James and I have had a chat about Paige and kind of our opinion. That's for a whole other podcast. We could have a whole podcast on that. I think she's just got to fall back in love with playing disc golf competitively on camera, on the tour. Uh, and if that's not a fair assessment, I apologize for it. But uh, it seems like you're right, Kearns. Maybe chasing that thousand rating, maybe a couple other things. Just put so much pressure on her. She forgot about how much fun disc golf is and how much she loves it so i'm hoping she can get back in line with that uh my dark horse for the fpo is going to be kona panis disgusting distance ridiculous forehand she's gonna learn to putt this week uh she's gonna putt at the otb open i think she had something like a 40 something circle 1x percentage one day uh, at the ddo (laughs) 
So that stance is not pretty. That stance is no. not. She's got to get it together. I think she's taking Garrett Gerthy putting lessons. So uh... <laughs> I, okay, I, I, I kicked. It. I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, you're both wrong about that. She has credited that stance with being a big difference maker, and this season's been her best in history. So. I think we're a bit early to criticize it. Everybody can have one bad tournament, and doing it at Emporia is an easy place to do it. Absolutely. And putting Side with the note, wind, Paul you're, you're Blair right, puts Paul. the same way. I'm just saying it's not fun to watch. I don't have a putting stance. I don't stance. care if Sarah Holcomb puts 100% circle two. It's not fun to watch. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so who are your picks, Paul Blair? Take us into the break. Okay, for MPO, I think... Uh, you know, I th so there's a lot of distance on this course. Um, so I think the I think the easy choice, and no offense to anyone who picked Eagle, but I, th I think Eagle's the easy choice, right? He's fired up. He's his game's steadily improving, and he certainly has the shot selection and the distance to go up against anybody. So I think e Eagle's a safe bet. Um, I mean, Macbeth is a safer bet because he's never a, a bad bet, and nothing fires him up more than winning, except maybe losing to Ricky. So you got Ricky hot in his heels. It's going to be. My biggest prediction is it's going to be pretty epic to watch. The dark horse picks, though, I'm 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 good with stories. I like a good story. You know, a good story is good for the sport. It's good for entertainment. And we've got two potential great stories here. One is the Lazat return, right? It'd be amazing if he came in playing. You know, he's playing a little bit more reserved lately. Um, he's talked about how you know uh, about how he's you know thinking more shot selection, less power because he's he's still got to take care of his arm. Uh, but he's also made it clear that that's strengthened his game. So there's an easy story there. But also Ezra Aderhold, who you know, missed DDO last week because of, you know, drama, uh, digestively, not personally. Well, I guess it was probably pretty personal. We'll leave that behind. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's sponsored by OTB. OTB gave him like his first lifeline of funds while he was living in his Prius, you know, touring by the skin of his teeth, being super frugal and just just clawing his way up. You know, we got we got people out there that are getting uh, participation trophy discs for breaking a thousand. Aderhold's been over a thousand for like a year and a half, and nobody yeah. cared. So for him to come to his sponsors tournament and take it, I think is plausible and would make an awesome story. So that's my those are my MPO picks for FPO. Hell yeah! I think Paige has got it. Um, you know, there's there's two schools of thought, right? Either she's she's off doing something else and is very distracted, or she took some time to go regroup and come back and kick ass. So I, I think she's going to take it. Dark Horse, um, you never know how weather's going to play out. And I think Heather Young, who's not a great distance player, but who is a, you know, mm. a real dart thrower, has the potential to do that consistent thing she does where mm -hmm. she just claws her way up the leaderboard while the big arms knock themselves down on the harder days. So that's my Dark Horse pick. I love it, Paul. Well, Paul Blair's taking us into the break. Paul Blair will take us out of the break. Uh, we're going to give you a couple commercials now from our sponsors and podcast listeners. This week is for you. We will not be doing our giveaway this week live on YouTube. We will be doing our giveaway for our podcast listeners. If you're listening live on YouTube, don't you worry. You can enter too. After we do the podcast live tonight, we will be putting a post up on our Instagram account. That is Circle3Cast, C-I-R-C-L-3Cast. Uh, all you got to do is go to that post. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on instagram uh, make sure you either subscribe to the podcast on apple music or spotify and comment on the post and tag a couple friends and we will be running our draws live from that post uh, and you will get a chance to win a prize from one of our fantastic sponsors sweet spot disc golf 
or Wolfpack discs. So let's tell you a little bit about those guys right now. Take it into a break. And out of that break, the man who took us in will bring us right back out with a quick news segment right here. Hey, that's me. On Circle 3. See you in a minute. Gather round, children. I, Ganfrof, will tell you a tale of the times before. Of a legendary place, the sweetest spot in all the land, where circles of plastic would appear, glowing from our screens, and with the ritual of the cart, they would appear days later at our doors. The richest colors, the finest discs, and the kindest people. Oh, it truly was a sweet spot for disco. Some say this place still exists. It's vault sealed. The treasures glittering inside, awaiting the great prophecy of Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that comes again. I hope you will be there. Sweet Spot Disc Golf. So good, our advertising department writes fan fiction about us. You know that sound. That's the sound of grabbing up at the end of a long week. There's nothing better than cracking open a cold uh, wolf? and feeling that buzz. Uh, that's discraft. D discraft buzz. Start to take hold. At the end of a long work day, at the end of a long week, reach for us. We'll be there for you. Welcome back. It's Circle 3 News. I, we don't really know why it's called that, but our people are on it. Most interesting news this week, the Portland Open, close to my heart, has been moved from its usual location of Blue Lake Park to uh, what is going to be a fresh course design over at Glendevere. Glendevere is a ball golf or ball course uh, frequented by the public. It's, it's community owned. It's uh, public run. It's, it's a good place. Uh, not a lot of places to throw discs usually except at joggers uh, who are already dodging golf balls. So we'll see how this goes. I, for one, am quite interested to see how it winds up and winds down. Ricky Wysocki set the course record at Jones Gold at the DDO with minus 15. He's still lost. That sucks. Sorry, Ricky, having a hard week, but I mean, that's a, I mean, that'd be a better week than mine. In disc approval news, Innova has taken the uh, step of selecting the name Grenade for an upcoming disc. So mm. thanks, Innova. Are you throwing a grenade? Is now followed by, what do you mean? I throw Discraft, or what do you mean? I don't have a grenade, or isn't that the new disc from Innova? This is poor marketing, folks. We were already using that word. For those of you not aware, the grenade is a type of throw, which you are probably not able to do if you don't know the name. And even if you know the name, you're probably bad at it. Eagle McMahon is good at it. You're not. Sorry, this is news, not counseling. <laughs> Discraft has had the Scorch approved. This appears to be something near the heat. Yeah, yeah. See, that's clever. And we don't have a throw called a Scorch. So good job, Discraft. And it was also announced something called a Toro, but I don't care. That's it for this week's news. Stay tuned for things more entertaining.
that timing with the music there couldn't have been more perfect. We didn't plan that. That was some great news, Paul Blair. Uh, I think the Scorch is maybe one of the most perfect names for a disc I've heard in a long time. People were saying, like you said, Big Brother to the Heat. What do you do with a whole bunch of heat? You scorch the freaking earth. And uh, I've got mine. And I looked at it and I said, this is way too pretty to throw. So I gave it to my one-year-old and I let him take it outside under the concrete and put it in the wall a couple times and throw it in the rocks a couple times. And now I don't feel so bad about throwing it. So... <laughs> Good strategy. <laughs> I, actually, for those of you who watch the... Uh... If, for the six of you out there who care about this stuff, if you actually look at the PDGA's uh, official photo of the disc they were sent for approval, Discraft sent them some fire. That is uh, normally the discs that get sent in are you know pretty ordinary. That one, if that's anything representative of what the production run is going to look like, we are going to have a good year for Scorches. That is a beautiful disc. Yep. And if if people want to see how it flies, I did do a pretty uh, yeah fun little one disc challenge on my YouTube channel which is just Chris Kearns 56700. Um, and I am curious, so is it gonna be a trendy thing this year? Like if I'm throwing a skip shot with my Scorch, can I just say on the T-pad, I'm going Scorch Earth? Yeah, I can think that's- just coin that term. I think it's absolutely- Yeah, Dad joke it up. Yeah. yeah. Also with the grenade, are they just, is Innova gonna make their own tilt? Because a tilt is kind of a grenade disc, so. That seems kind of weird to me. The so, tilt should be called yeah, look the grenade. At the data. <laughs> oh, did we just, did Paul just freeze? I think Paul we playing just... A, we're playing a secret game of freeze tag in the chat, so I actually <laughs> did just tag him. I think Paul just froze. I think what he was going to say is, based on the data he looked at, yes. <laughs> it's an okay time for Paul to freeze, though. I'm sure we'll get him back really soon. Uh, for the time being, we are going to give it to our good friend, Mr. James Storytime White. And in this segment, he's going to tell us a little story. So Storytime Jim, let's hand it over yes. to you. I cannot wait uh, to hear what you have for us today, sir. Well, you know, when I'm, when I'm thinking about stories to tell, you know, the, it's the, the thing that always seems worth telling is never really about the impressive shots. It's never really about- Is it the truth? What's that? To tell the truth? Well, not always. Oh, sorry. This one is the whole Keep truth listening. though. It's never really about the shots or the, the, the awe and wonder of the game, the things that you can see on YouTube. Uh, it's always about the people. And we talk about the relationships. And I think it was interesting that you brought up the um, the segment on Jomez this week uh, where all the players were going around giving their condolences to Ricky and, and giving encouragement to Ricky. And um, I can remember Adam Hammond stood out to me because he he said, um, you know, I, I want you to win this week. And, and it was as believable. I totally believe him. And uh, you can tell that they have a relationship. You can tell that they know each other. They've been affected by each other. In any story, I feel like, you know, I have a, a my own YouTube channel where I tell stories about disc golf and the best ones, the only ones that really matter seem to be the ones where I was affected positively by someone on the course or a local player or a pro. I talk about Jay Redding, how I was affected by generosity and selflessness to take time out to 
you know, mess with. And, um, and a guy named Rocky, I talk about him and, and uh, just his demeanor on the course. Um, so I have another guy tonight to talk about, uh, a local guy. Uh, this is the legend of a man named J.M. Blakely. Talk about him. I, I want to start out with a little antithesis. We've all been on the... Uh, whether it's a practice round or a, a, a tournament round where you, you might get unsolicited coming up to you. And, you know, I had a guy once say, in the beginning of a tournament, I putt and he goes, whoa, crazy what you did right there, what your wrist did when you did that putt. If you're like me and affected by everything, that was it for my putting the rest of the tournament. Um playing with a foursome in a course that is as rural and rustic as it gets, Alexandria, it's called Lobdell, Alexandria, Ohio. You go out there and you feel like you're in the far out as you can get. And uh, we have a foursome. And I believe Zach Zach was on that card with me that day. My good friend, Zach, playing. And we're looking at this long hole, hole, 19, I uh, hold 19, hold 13. And um, he, um, we're going to tee off. This, this nut of a man comes out of the woods and uh, he's like, and this was when, this was like 08, 09. The destroyer was a new disc. He had a destroyer in his hand, a um, pro destroyer. And it said, if you remember it, it said destroyer real across across the top, real big. And and I looked out Sharpie and he had marked out the said destroy. And under destroy, it said, you bitch. So he had a dis disc that he had turned it from a destroyer into a destroy you bitch. <laughs> and he throws a pretty good shot. Uh, and that was it. He taught us a lesson, told us what to do. It's gone from our lives. I also had a guy one time. This is antithesis, by the way, of what not to do. I also had a guy, uh, my long-term partner, guy I've played, buddy, way better player than me. We're playing up in M1. He met me from open and I came up from M2 to meet an M1 to play in a doubles tournament. There was only one other team playing against us. There was only four of us that day in the tournament and we had beaten them pretty well the first round. And so the second round, the first couple holes I could run at us or whatever. And there was a moment where we we're gonna go to like six from six. And then and I had a pretty long putt and you know, we're all jovial and friendly and very nice. And I I hit this long putt and one of the one of my our opponents just uh, something I've never heard I believe it, but uh, those are examples of how not to be. How to be is the legend of a man who I've lost track of. I know he's still around. His name is J. M. Blakely. Uh, I was playing around and, and out of uh, 
we came um, in Columbus, uh, came up on this hole, and there was a guy who was as muscular of a human that I have ever seen in person. Uh, absolutely built like a pile of rocks, like that rock guy from, uh, I forget what genders that was. Much smaller, they're about the same. Both these huge, gigantic. And uh, we learned his name, uh, the one guy's name was J.M. Blakely. Bottom that was so appealing. So impressive, he's like a giant superhero who had almost zero run-up. By this point in his life, his hips were bothering him and he did, he did no run-up, but he could still smoothly throw these Anheusers that were uh, unbelievable and uh, had just this coolest demeanor that could be, you know, we left there and, and through and being around them, you know, we had come to learn that that JM was a world-class powerlifter. And in Columbus, there's a really uh, popular, well-known historical gym called uh, Westside Barbell that has dozens and dozens or more world records, world records in powerlifting. And so he was not a bodybuilder. Was a, if you look him up, you type him into YouTube and look him up, um, you'll see videos of him bench pressing. I mean, he, he has an actual type of lift named after him. I think it's called the, the JM press or the Blakely. It's a type of bench press that's different, but it's done, you know, around the world. Uh, as cool a human as you could, you could imagine. Um, Hard to uh, describe. Both of and Steve were uh, just super kind, super generous, willing to hang out, and uh, guys that you want to be like, and guys that sort of uh, set the stage for younger players and their attitudes and how they should be. And I remember one time they played pretty well and had a chance to be, I believe it was on the lead card the second round in AM2. And I got to be around JM, someone I wanted to emulate, be like, and looked up to. And I was a, a newer player um, before 2010. And um, there was a young guy, the type that's hard to be around in a tournament, um, the type that's rooting for you to do poorly. Um, I was in the lead after, you know, a few holes. And I can remember uh, hole four, we probably had about six or eight holes to play. JM's on the card. And this young man and I were kind of battling them out. And um, this is hole four on the west side course at the Hambrick when it, when it existed. I threw my first shot uh, very poorly. Um, hit the tree that's almost right in front of us. Second shot, threw it into the woods to where I had to pitch out. I'm laying three with about 200 feet to the basket. I must get up and down. So I throw a pretty hard hyzer at the basket, which skips way long and goes into the water. So uh, my fourth shot is laying in the water. My fifth will be my drop. I don't know it's in the water yet. 
Uh, but as I throw that and fear that I'm in the water, the guy that's running, the young man I'm competing against goes running to see if my disc went OB, excited, showing glee at my misfortune. He runs all the way up there. Of course, it's in the water. And he's, he's, he's yelling back to me, it's OB, it's OB. Do you know what you're laying now? And I'm so face. salty and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, how about we finish the hole and then we'll, we'll add it up together. You and me. And I am beat red laying five, throw up to the basket. It rolls away. Um, and I have to hit a long outside the circle putt because of the roll away for a seven. <laughs> Thereby ending my tournament. I go walking by. J, JM is standing about 30 feet away. And I go walking by and I'm like, JM, this fucking guy, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. And JM simply stood there with a big old thick cigar in his mouth, looked like this. And he just went. For those of you um, listening to audio only, <laughs> JM had a had a big old thick cigar in his mouth and just stood there shaking his head and just shook his head, looked down, and exhaled his smoke. Never said a word. I had no idea to this day if he was shaking his head about the kid or if he was shaking his head about that bullshit hole I just played. But all I knew, all I knew after that was I wanted to be just like him. Oh, Jim. Hell of a story. And that's how I took up cigar smoking. <laughs> the props were greatly appreciated. And, uh, oh, man, I think so relatable. I think we all have those people we encounter that just make us realize that, like, this is what I... I want to be it's it's for me it's those it's those guys out on the chorus that are calling out the bs and <laughs> and doing that but 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 the, the real ones are the ones that don't say anything they just stand there and they put in the work <laughs> and they give of themselves to the community and you know like when you were growing up and i mean i know when you guys were when you were growing up james maybe a little different than when i was growing up but it's the same principle where when your parents told you they were disappointed in you, it was always worse than if they told you they were mad at you. And yes. uh, disappointment and the need to, like, please people. And then there's those guys in the community where, like, they don't have to say it, but I feel like if, like, they're disappointed in me because of the way I acted on the chorus or because of something I did, and they won't say it and they won't call it out, but you'll just know it and you'll feel it. And, like... I feel so bad. Those people that have given so much of themselves that don't look for the recognition. When I let those guys down, those are the guys I, I feel really bad about. And I'm happy to say I don't do that often. There was a couple times I acted pretty immaturely, you know, when I got into the sport and I was highly competitive and I wasn't so successful. And, you know, some 
bag kicking may have occurred and don't you know be, some of that language don't be so you, hard on yourself Brandon. <laughs> some that of that was, that was weeks ago <laughs> but i mean it was yesterday if we're gonna be honest but no. um but but no and and just i didn't learn from people telling me hey stop being an ass i learned when people stopped wanting to let me join the group and stuff like that and quietly made me realize they were disappointed in the way i was acting and uh it's so right james that Sometimes silence speaks so much more than anything he could have said in that moment to you, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, guys like, it was obvious uh, what his work ethic was in his life. And, you know, I had other funny material. We, you know, he, uh, he, it, what is so impressive about people and the people you want to please are usually those that are just out there grinding and working hard and, and clearly, um, you know, he had a work ethic that was so many of the players I look up to, you know, Brody Smith for one, there is no doubt in my mind that he is uh, put better a, a, an insane amount of time, uh, like he did in his other ventures uh, as well. I don't know if you guys heard Paul Macbeth talking about putters and when he switches putters out and the quote that he said was um when he puts his new putters in the bag uh that putter which he considers new usually has a thousand putts on it uh and uh to me that's just uh whew, i'm always so impressed by uh work ethic that's for sure absolutely Chris Kearns. And that's like 10 days of practice putting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a good point. that's only that's only 100 putts a day. Chris Kearns, this guy's got good work ethic. I think uh, we've only got a couple minutes left today, and I definitely want to chat quickly about the Wolfpack Discs tournament on the weekend. And uh, Chris was out there working his butt off, helping Brian Frawley, who was also working his butt off. I think everyone involved in that tournament is a uh, crazy example of work ethic and uh working together and make great stuff happen. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about what went down this weekend? Yeah, so we had um, Wolfpack Discs open pre uh, presented by Washtenaw County Glow. And Washtenaw County Glow is one of our local clubs. I'm actually a council member with them. Um, it's the first sponsor I ever had, actually. My good friend, Scott Sproul, um, you know, wanted to start doing more than just a Glow League on Wednesday nights. and pulled me and a few other regulars in, asked us if we wanted to be council and also made us the first, you know, group of guys sponsored by the club. But um, we've got a great relationship with Wolfpack Discs and Brian Frowley. Brian's helped our club a lot as we've gotten into tournaments and sponsoring players. So um, this tournament was a B tier and it was a uh, feature event. And in Michigan, feature events are for the state championships. You have to qualify to get into our state championship because there's just, every year we have, you know, it's over 500 players now go to our state championship. So we actually have to award berths for it because there's just so many freaking disc golfers here. <laughs> so we had um, two, well, we had 144 competitors over the weekend. Wow. And um, there was a huge wait list too, but uh, it, everything ran great. I mean, honestly, I could have sat there and done nothing and Sproul and Brian could have ran a flawless tournament. But, um, you know, the nice thing is we have a lot of 
you know, members of team WC Glow and team Wolfpack that show up to help. Sorry. I mean, our total tournament staff for the two days combined was probably 25 people, you know, more than what we needed, but, um, They've tweaked the layout at both courses at Independence Lake. Um, it's in Whitmore Lake, Michigan, beautiful park. Um, it's definitely a must play in my book if you're coming to the area. I mean, these this park keeps the tee pads clear in the winter. They actually go out and shovel them. That's amazing. Um, so it's a great park. It's got a mix of everything. They still need to make some tweaks with the new layout, but um, you know, it's pretty awesome. We had a pro field. I want to say we had like 60 pros out there playing. Um, and we actually had a stacked FPO field. I should probably pull it up. It was, um, it was a gangster. But yeah, this last week, and I'm in a crazy stretch here because I've got this weekend coming up the Lower Peninsula Open that I'm one of the tournament directors for, and that's an A tier, and that's Washtenaw County Glow again, and then Huron Valley uh, Disc Golf. We're teaming up to run that. So our boy Brad Schick's going to be in town. Um, nice. And there's going to be quite a few pros for that. So, yeah, I'm just in the middle of a hurricane right now helping with events. <laughs> well, we hope you weather the storm, Chris. It's uh, it's going to be a busy week. It's uh, been a busy week. I weathered the storm. I finally have, like, a week coming up where I may be able to breathe for a couple nights. So I'm excited about that. And uh, Mr. Paul Blair, what's uh, what's the rest of your week look like? In, you know, I I got my second uh, Pfizer tracking chip yeah. 5G conspiracy injection this week. Um, I've, I've slept, I think, 18 of the last 24 hours. So uh, I don't have plans and I like it that way. Uh, stay tuned for next time when I'm back to my exciting life of, well, no, actually, that's not right either. Hmm. Well... Thanks for braving your own hurricane of drowsiness and just need to hit your pillow. And we appreciate you being here with us tonight, man, and hanging out. And James White, thank you so much for hanging out tonight, telling us some stories, talking to us, giving us your take on uh, disc golf over the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's always a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. An honor. Love story time. Hell yeah, we do. And we'll have James back again. And uh, next week, we won't have a podcast because it's every two weeks. So we'll see you two weeks from now uh, on Wednesday. Same time, same place, same channel. And don't forget, I mean, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you've already done so. But if you're checking it out on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the Circle 3 Podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tomorrow, the 6th of May, 2021, we will be putting up a post on our Instagram. Head to that post, follow the instructions, enter for a chance to win a Wicked giveaway uh, from both of our sponsors. One winner will win a $25 gift certificate from Sweet Spot Disc Golf and a hat from Wolfpack Discs. Check it out tomorrow. And with that, from Brandon, Chris, Paul, and James, this is Circle 3. We hope you guys have an awesome couple weeks. We'll see you on the other side. Have a good night. Deuces. Good night. <laughs>